all over the world, particularly our brothers and sisters in sensitive countries where it is illegal to be able to gather and worship in the open, they would give anything to have a Monday night service just to go to where their life is not on the line, but so many around the world tonight are risking everything to serve you. And I thank you, Lord, for people that came. I know others, Lord, may have had reasons they could not be here. But I thank you for faithful people who are in your house tonight who've put you first. And I believe they're not going to go away disappointed that you're going to speak tonight a word in season. Lord, I believe for you to give me the tongue of the learned, as Isaiah said, that I might speak a word in season to him who is down. I pray that tonight, Lord, the word of God would go forth with power. Let the music usher in the presence of the Lord. Let it touch the heart, encourage, and strengthen your people tonight, I pray. Lord, I humble myself before you. Lord, you know on my best day, I don't have what it takes to be effective. I need your anointing. I need your touch. We must have the infusion of the supernatural. Let it be tonight. I pray, Lord, for a resurrection of hunger in the hearts of your people. Let the hunger of our hearts reach towards you tonight that we may receive what we have need of. We'll be very careful to give you all the praise and all the glory for everything that is done. We ask it in Jesus' name. I want to open up with a song tonight that says, All My Hope is in Jesus. Go right ahead there, Pastor. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Savior, I fell far from above. I've been down to the river. I'm not the same. The prodigal has returned. Oh, my hope is in Jesus. Jesus, pick me up. I'll never be the same. Come on, sing it if you know it. Oh, my hope is in Jesus. Thank God yesterday's gone. Oh, my sins are forgiven. There's a kind of thing that can break down a man. Oh, break him down to his knees. 
a time or two. Oh, but Jesus picked me up and showed me what it means to be a man. Yes, he did. Come on, sing it with me. Well, oh, my hope is in Jesus. Thank God yesterday's gone. Oh, my sins are forgiven. And I've been washed by the blood. Anybody tonight been washed by the blood? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to sing a song tonight that I wrote just about a year ago. It's almost a brand new CD. But the song is entitled Wait on Heaven's Power. It's a song about the heart that cries out for revival. Listen to the words of this song tonight. Yeah. I hear the sound of a mighty river flowing through this desert land bringing life and refreshing joy and dance once again it's the water of revival The Holy Ghost is drawing. We say, Come, Lord, and take control. I'm in need of a fresh anointing, Lord. Don't pass me by. I am totally dependent upon you. Yes, Lord, please hear my cry. There is no Call on Jesus, He is the one. 
as far as we can go, Lord, without your presence, we can't survive. We've been running so long on empty. What is dead must come to life. It's the desire, it's your desire to fill your people with tongues of fire. This fairy hour, rushing mighty winds start blowing. of sin you're carrying has taken life and stolen years you can rest assured Jesus will save you so come on right now have no fear the blood of that life of darkness the time is now to be set free it's your desire Lord to fill your people with tongues of fire this Hallelujah. Oh, lift your hands tonight if you're hungry. Hungry for the fire of His Spirit to touch your life tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, we've got to have it. We've got to have it. Thank you, Jesus. 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 There's just something about that name, Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, let all heaven 
and earth proclaim we'll proclaim kings and kingdoms will all pass away but there's something about that name sing it one more time oh Jesus Jesus, Jesus, there's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after. Come on, lift your hands and sing it. No other name 
no other name like my Lord. No other name like my Lord. No other name so beautiful to me. That's why I love him so. Oh, sing it one more time. No other name but Jesus. No other name like my Lord. There's no other name so beautiful to me. That's why I love so there's no other name so beautiful to me that's why I love him so I love to worship you it's all there is to it I love to worship you Yes, I do. Hey, I love to worship you. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. I love to worship you. Like the deer pants for the water. I love to worship you. I love to worship you. Come on, sing it again. I feel the presence of Jesus. I love to worship you. I love to worship you. Yes, I do. I love to worship you. I love to worship you. Without you, Lord, I love to worship you. I love to worship you. No other name but Jesus. No other name like my Lord. There's no other name so beautiful to me that's why I love him so that's why I love so just one more before we bring the message tonight Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. 
Jesus, the only one who could ever say, Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you, we live for you. Holy, there is no one like you, there is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Yes, Lord. Worthy, worthy of every song I could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. Sing Jesus. Jesus, the name above every other name. Oh, Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you, yes we do We live for you Holy, there is no one like you There is none beside you Open up my eyes in wonder And show me who you are And fill me with your heart and me to those around me oh yes and I will build my life upon your love it is a firm foundation and I will put my trust in you alone and I my life upon your love it is a firm foundation and I will put my trust in you alone and I will not be His presence, worthy of every song I could ever sing, worthy of every praise we could ever breathe, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you, we live for you. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you, how I proved you o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, 
grace to trust him more one more time oh jesus jesus how i trust you come on tell him how i proved you all trust you tonight. We trust you with our life, Lord. We trust you with our children, Lord. We trust you with our finances, Lord. We trust you with our marriage, Lord. Trust you, Jesus. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up our eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. wait on the Lord with me for a moment tonight. We're listening, Jesus. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord, to our heart, Jesus. We need your presence more than the air we breathe or the food we eat. We need your presence more than anything, more than anything, more than anything. We wait on you, Lord. Waiting on you, Lord. Waiting on you, waiting on you, patiently waiting on you. We're not worried about the time, Lord, we seem to find strength while we're waiting on you. Waiting on you, waiting on you, patiently waiting on you. We're not worried about the time, Lord, we seem find strength while we They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings 
like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. Walk and never faint. That is why we must choose to wait. Waiting on you. Waiting on you. Patiently waiting on you. We're not worried about the time. Lord, I signify strength while we're waiting on you. The enemy of our soul will do everything possible to keep you and to keep me from the presence of the Lord throughout the week. And what we've just been experiencing is the lifeblood of the believer being in the presence of God. It's something we have to fight for. We don't mean to let it happen, but because of busyness, we find ourselves going to bed at midnight every night, having to complete tasks. You, you moms know especially you're taking care of children and taking diapers and doing laundry and fixing meals and doing dishes and doing this and doing that, and it's midnight, 1 o'clock, your head hits the pillow, you're totally exhausted, and we haven't been in the presence of God. And by the time Friday gets here, our spiritual tank is empty, and we're feeling the oppression of the enemy. But it's amazing what 10 or 15 minutes, 20 minutes a day in the presence of the Lord will do. We come out of there feeling like we can go bear hunting with the switch. So whatever we do, we must not neglect the presence of the Lord. It is there that we hear His voice. It's there that we're strengthened. It's there that we receive instruction it's there but our spirit is renewed so I want you to take your Bibles tonight and just for a few minutes I want to would you turn to the book of Galatians first of all Galatians chapter number 6 then we're going to go to Philippians chapter 1 and then Hebrews chapter 3 Galatians 6 Philippians 1 Hebrews 3. And just seeking the Lord today in what direction to go and what, would, what He would have me to say tonight. I want to preach to you for a few minutes tonight on this thought. Why I can't quit. Why I can't quit. Why you can't quit. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. 
at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Now, Philippians chapter 1, verse number 6. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. King James says, He that began the good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Now Hebrews chapter 3 and verse number 14. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Lord, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you, Lord, for every person that made the effort to be in your house. Believe, Lord, you're going to anoint their ears to hear the message that the Spirit of God is speaking to them tonight. I pray, Lord, tonight for every person that's watching, maybe via Facebook Live, Maybe they couldn't make it tonight. But someone may be watching that's very close to throwing in the towel and giving up. I believe, Lord, that tonight the strength of God, encouragement of the Lord is being extended to them. We ask you, Lord, for your, for your help, for your anointing, that people would be transformed tonight and rescued in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, Amen. I believe there are people here tonight facing situations you never saw coming. The loss of a job. Loss of a spouse. Maybe the loss of a child. Maybe a parent is here tonight that your relationship with your children is severed or not what you would like it to be. Maybe I'm talking to a mom or dad tonight that doesn't even know where your children are. Maybe speaking to someone else who's been battling depression. Others fighting sickness or cancer or disease. Others feeling the long-term effects of COVID-19 that's taken strength from your body. Maybe speaking to someone tonight, your marriage is under attack or you've gone through a terrible divorce. The pain is extremely deep. Maybe I'm talking to someone tonight who had confidence in someone and that person failed you. Your heart is broken tonight. Maybe I'm talking to someone else at your business, at your finances. You're stressed and life has become one huge stress ball and you're trying to keep it together because you've got to look the part, but that's made things even more stressful. Your joy is depleted. And to be honest, you're doing well just to be here tonight. It took every bit of strength you had just to make it. About 6 o'clock on a Sunday morning, a man leaned over to his wife and said, I'm not going to church today. She said, you better, you're the pastor. We've, we've all felt it. And in all these situations, there is one dominant word that our enemy uses. There's lots of four-letter words that we focus on avoiding. But one of Satan's favorite four-letter words is Q-U-I-T. 
quit. He says, God doesn't love you. He's just playing you like a puppet on a string for his enjoyment. So quit. You're going to lose everything, so quit. Your children are never going to be saved, so quit praying. Your family is always going to be dysfunctional, so quit. You're going to die of cancer, so quit. Your marriage is irreparable, so quit. You're spending your life in service to Christ and it doesn't pay and no one cares anyway or appreciates you, so quit. The person you had your confidence in let you down, so quit. There's not one person in this room that Satan has not spoken those words to. And I want to tonight give you four reasons why that I can't quit and you can't quit. Number one is I made a promise to God. I made a promise to God. I'm looking at people tonight that made a promise to God. I love Monday night revival services because it was on a Monday night revival service that I got saved. It was on a Monday night in Salisaw, Oklahoma. Salisaw means in Cherokee, salty meat. It was in that town of salty meat on a Monday night. Now, when I was just a very little boy, I had a heart that was tender for people. I had a heart that was concerned about people, and I believe it was the Lord molding the calling on my life. But it was when I was eight years old that I was in that revival service when the Holy Spirit truly got a hold of my life, and I came to the understanding that I was a sinner and that I needed Jesus. And I remember specifically, just as vividly as I'm standing here tonight preaching, I can take you to the place, I can take you to that place at the altar I can show you the place that I surrendered my life to Jesus and I told the Lord some very specific things but one of those things was at eight years old Lord I promise you I'll never turn my back on you I promise you I will serve you all of my life I will give my life to you to use as you desire and I intend on keeping that promise. I intend on keeping my word. I'm looking at people tonight that made a similar promise. You told God. and You committed your life to Him. I'm going to serve you, Jesus. I'm walking away from the life I used to live. And I'm putting my faith and my confidence in you. And I'm trusting you with my very life. And you made a commitment to Jesus. And you promised him that you would serve him. I think of that man Job tonight. That man from the place the Bible calls us. You got to be special if you're from us. <laughs> Not us, but us. The Bible says that Job was perfect. That he was upright. That he feared God. The King James says he eschewed evil, which means he deliberately avoided and abstained from evil. The Bible says he had seven sons, three daughters, 
7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys, and a massive household. The Bible also says he was the greatest man in all of the east. That's quite a statement. Each of his sons took turns hosting a feast and they would rotate every day and invite the whole family every day to that particular son's home. And Job would get up early in the morning and offer burnt offerings to the Lord for his family. Job cared deeply for the spiritual condition of his family. And the Bible says that one particular day when the angels would present themselves to the Lord that Satan showed up too. And the Lord says, where have you been and what have you been up to? And again, remember I told us yesterday that when God asks a question, it's not because he needs information. He knew where Satan was and what he'd been up to. But he wanted to hear what Satan had to say. And Satan said, I've been walking to and fro all over the earth. And God said, Have you considered my servant Job? And Satan said, oh yeah, I've considered him. But you've got a hedge around him to protect him and his entire family and everything that he owns. I can't get to Job. But Satan said, you remove the hedge so that I can get to him. He'll curse you to your face. He'll turn his back on you, God. So the Lord says, I'll remove the hedge, but you can't touch him. So there came a day when they were having a fish fry. That just kind of sounded good. I threw that in there. At the oldest brother's house, and a messenger shows up at Job's house and tells Job that while the party was going on, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys were eating beside them, that the Sabians came and stole them all and killed all the servants and that he alone escaped. And before he can finish his story, another messenger shows up and says that fire fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants that were watching the sheep, and he alone escaped. And before he can finish telling what happened, another messenger shows up and says that the Chaldeans divided themselves into three large companies and stole all the camels and killed all the servants watching and taking care of the camels. And before he can finish his story, somebody else shows up and says, you know that fish fry your family was having? A windstorm came up suddenly and destroyed the house and the walls of the house fell in and killed all of your children and I'm the only one that escaped to tell you. Now you talk about a bad day. And the Bible says that when Job heard all of this bad news, that he tore his garment in humility, that he shaved his head and worshipped. He humbled himself before the Lord and said, Naked I came into this world, naked I'll go out. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Bible says he never blamed God foolishly. Job was saying, I can't quit. But it didn't stop there. On another day when the angels were presenting themselves to the Lord, Satan showed up a second time. And a second time, 
God asked him what he'd been doing. He said, I've been walking all over the earth again. And God, another time, because of his confidence in Job, says, have you considered my servant Job? Listen to what God said. God said he's still holding on to his integrity even though you're doing everything within your power to destroy him without a cause. Wow. Satan says, well, before... You let me at his family, you let me at his, his children, you let me at his, his livestock and the things he owned, but you didn't let me get at Job, but if you let me at him personally and you let me afflict his body, he'll curse you and turn his back on you. So God further removes the hedge of protection and gives Satan access to attack Job's body. And shortly after, Job finds himself head to toe covered in these huge, awful boils all over his body. The Bible says he's sitting on an ash heap with a broken piece of glass or pottery trying to scrape those boils to get some relief. And he is in utter misery. He's miserable. And his wife comes up to him And she says, in essence, how do you like serving God now, Job? Isn't it wonderful living for God now? Aren't the blessings of the Lord wonderful today, honey? And he says, woman, you got to be careful when you say that to your wife. He said, you speak like a fool. The Bible says Job never sinned with his lips. Job was saying it doesn't look good today. But I can't quit. And then Job's encouraging friends came around. You ever had any of those? And in Job 13, verses 15 and 16, Job himself says one of the most powerful statements in all of the entirety of the Bible. He says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. He said, I will maintain my way before him. Another version says, I will keep my integrity before him. Then in verse 16 he says, he also shall be my salvation. For a hypocrite shall not come before him. Job was saying it wouldn't be right for me just to be faithful when everything's going my way. Job was saying it wouldn't be right for me just to serve God and be willing to serve Him as long as there's money in my account and and everything's just the way that I want it and I'm eating exactly what I want to and the blessings of God are flowing. He's saying when it's good, I'm going to serve Him. When it's bad, I'm going to serve Him. When I don't understand, I'm going to serve Him. When people have failed me, I'm going to serve Him. When my friends have turned their back on me, I'm going to serve Him. I can't quit. I'm not going to be a hypocrite and just serve him when everything's just the way I like it. I'm going to serve him come hell or high water. I'm going to serve him come thick ice or thin ice. I'm going to serve him when I've got friends. I'm going to serve him when I'm alone. I'm going to serve him when my wife says to turn my back on you. I am going to serve you and never, ever quit. By the time Job 19 comes around, Verse 25 through 27, Job says, But as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives. Oh, you got to know your God to make a statement like that after what Job's been through. 
He said, I know that my Redeemer lives and He will stand upon the earth in the last. And after my body has decayed, yet in my body I will see God. I will see Him for myself. Yes, I will see Him with my own eyes. He says, I'm overwhelmed at the thought. I remember my dad talking about the day that he went into the army. My dad went to Fort Polk, Louisiana for his basic training and they, he got on the bus and the sergeant that came out to greet him was so kind and so nice and so polite and took his bag and helped him to his seat. Is there anything else I can do for you? But when they rode, drove through the entrance of Fort Polk, Louisiana, something happened. It was like Jekyll and Hyde. He said, I heard things I'd never heard before. I began to be called names I'd never been called before. And I began to tell myself, what have you gotten yourself into? Oh yeah, I signed up for this. You listen to me, New Beginnings Church. This is not a kindergarten class. This is the army of God. And sometimes things are tough. Sometimes things are difficult. It's not always going to go our way. We're going we're to have difficulties. We're going to go through some trials. We're going to have some misunderstandings. People we have had confidence in are going to turn their back on us and fail us. But we serve the one who has never failed, who has perfect credit with us. He's never let us down. And we sign on the dotted line that we were going to serve him. When you came to this altar or wherever you were, where you got saved and you gave your life to Jesus. You made a commitment and a promise to God and we've got to keep our promise. John chapter 6 in and of itself was one of the most powerful chapters in all the Bible. It's in John chapter 6 that Jesus reveals that He is the Messiah and He makes the statement, if you're going to have any part of me, you're going to have to eat my flesh and drink my blood, which was a symbolic statement that you're going to have to sell out to me. You're going to have to take me for all of who I am and receive me as the Son of God. The Bible says in verse 66, up to this point, that many of His disciples... He, Jesus had large crowds and many disciples that followed him. But after Jesus made the statement, if you're going to follow me and belong to me, you're going to have to give me your whole life. You're going to have to say yes to me. You're going to have to accept me as the Son of God. The Bible says at this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. They said, Jesus, it's been real. We've enjoyed it. It's been fun hanging out with you. We've enjoyed the miracles. We've enjoyed the meals. It's been really cool being with you. But you asking us to give our all to you is too much to ask. We'll see you later. And then Jesus turns to his disciples, the twelve. And he says... Good old Oklahoma language. Are y'all going to leave me too? And then Peter speaks up. Don't you love him? Man, he had high highs and low lows, but when he got it right, he got it right. He said, Jesus, where else are we going to go? Only you have the words of life. And then Peter said, we believe and we know that you're the son of the living God.
Listen to me, New Beginnings Church. Where else are we going to go? We got nothing else. All of our eggs are in one basket. There's lots of people all around us quitting on Jesus. There's lots of people because of the sin and deception of the world turning their back on the Lord because of the pressure that has come. But we made a promise to God. And I, for one, by the help and grace of the Holy Ghost, intend on keeping my promise. I refuse to quit. Hebrews 10.39 says, We are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction, but we are the faithful ones whose souls shall be saved. Number two, so first of all, I made a promise to God. I've got to hurry. Number two, God made a promise to me. Oh, it just gets gooder right here. Numbers 23.19 says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. He's, has he ever failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Matthew 28, verse 20, And be sure of this, Jesus said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You talk about a promise from God to us that's awesome. Here through the Apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit tells us that when we have a, when we have a need, we come to God. We come to God in thanksgiving for who He is, thanking God that the need's going to be met and the peace of God's going to guard our heart till God comes through with the answer. Psalm 55, verse 22. Cast your burden on the Lord, for He shall sustain thee. He will never suffer the righteous to be moved. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10 through 13. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. See all your angry enemies lie there, confused and humiliated. Anyone who opposes you will die and come to nothing. You will, you will look in vain for those who tried to conquer you. Those who attack you will come to to nothing for I hold you by my right hand I the Lord your God and I say to you do not be afraid I am the God who will help you Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 the second part of that verse says I will never fail you I will never abandon you so we can say with confidence the Lord is my helper so who so I will have no fear what can mere people do to me the last day church needs to get a hold of this verse right here what can men do to us we should not be afraid what can mere people do to us Romans chapter 8 verse 35 through 39 can anything ever separate us from Christ's love does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death as the scripture says for your sake we are killed every day we are being slaughtered like sheep no despite all these things we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us and I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor our fears for today or worries for tomorrow not even the powers of hell itself can separate us from God's love no power in the sky above or in the earth below indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord 
166 times in your Bible, we find the phrase, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. If it's in there 166 times, that means the Holy Spirit's trying to tell us something. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24 through 28, the Apostle Paul gives us a, a peek into what he has gone through for the sake of the gospel. I mentioned to you last night that I've been in the prison in Rome where Paul was kept. It's an extremely moving, moving moment when you're there trying to picture what it must have been like. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24, Paul says, Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Now, it's something interesting to note that Jesus received those 39 stripes one time, but the Apostle Paul five times. He said three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. He said, I have traveled on many long journeys. I've faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long and during many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have gone often without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then besides all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all of the churches. The Apostle Paul is letting us know the things that he dealt with for the cause of Christ. Then we come to Acts chapter 27, the story of Paul on his way to Rome to appeal to Caesar. And many of you know the story. If you don't, while Paul was on his way there in that ship, that storm came and was attempting to tear the ship into pieces. But in the middle of that storm, an angel shows up from heaven and says, Paul, nobody's going to lose their life on this boat. And sure enough, the ship fell apart. And everybody on that boat was grabbing a, a plank here and a two before here and a two by six there and a piece of flat plywood here floating in the water. But every single last one of them got to the shore of that island. I want to tell you, New Beginnings Church, there are moments in this Christian race where it's tough. It's moments where it looks like the boat is not going to stay together. It looks like everything's falling apart. There are times when it feels like we're floating in the ocean with a two before, just barely keeping our head above water, and it will appear that we're going to go under and we're not going to make it but the captain of this boat is Jesus Christ himself and he is not going to suffer us to be lost we're going to make it all the way through and Paul by giving us a bird's eye view is showing us I went through all of that but I'm not a quitter I dealt with all kinds of people that turned their back on me but I'm not a quitter I've been hungry but I'm not a quitter I've been thirsty but I'm not a quitter I've been beaten for Christ but I'm not a quitter I floated all night in the ocean but I'm not a quitter three different times I was shipwrecked but I'm not a quitter and I refuse to quit so 2 Timothy chapter 4 where Paul is in that prison and writing these very words to the young pastor Timothy encouraging him he's in there with the heat and the cold and the bugs and trying to keep the church encouraged and encourage this young pastor he tells Timothy, 
The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. He said everyone abandoned him. But he said, may it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. And he rescued me from certain death. Yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Paul was saying, I can't, you know the only way that you can lose is if you get out of the ring. This is a fixed fight. And in that prison dungeon, Paul said, the Lord delivered me when everybody else abandoned me and he's going to bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. And do you know, because of the way that Paul handled that shipwreck and they got on the island of Melita, that God used him. I mean, here, here Paul is. Think about this. They've been floating in the water. They're cold. All they want to do is make a fire and get warm. So they're making fires to get warm. And Paul reaches down to get a bundle of wood and there's an old snake in there. That, and he... He, he put the wood down on the fire, but when the fire started, there was a snake in that wood, and the fire caused the snake to run out of the wood, and it bit Paul and attached itself to him. The Bible said that Paul just shook it off in the fire and kept on being Paul. Just because the snake bit him didn't keep him from going on and being Paul. And because of the way he handled that, it opened the door for the gospel on that island and God brought healing and salvation to the people on that island because of the way Paul handled that situation. Hallelujah. Just because we had a trial doesn't mean we're going to give up. Just because a few snakes, you know, just because a few snakes have come out of the fire and tried to hurt us doesn't mean we're going to give up. Somebody tonight needs to shake that thing off in the fire and go on for Jesus. Oh, there's some snakes that are even preachers. There's some snakes that are even people who say they're people of God, but they're liars. There are people who claim to be people of God, who the enemy is working through them to discourage and hurt the people of God. But when they reach out to attack, we just need to shake it off in the fire and keep right on trucking. Third reason why I can't quit. It'd be the highest form of ingratitude to God if I quit. I want you to take a moment. I know we're going to be through momentarily. I want you to make memory your servant right now. I want you to think about how good God has been. I want you to think about how many times God's rescued you. David said in Psalm 37, Once I was young and now I'm old. I've never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. I want you to think how many times the Lord showed up to pay your bills. How many times the situation you were in was insurmountable but the Lord made a way where there seemed to be no way. Psalm 94 verse 18 says, I cried out, I am slipping, but your unfailing love, O Lord, supported me. When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. 
I want you to think about the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God when we didn't deserve it. How many times has the Lord caught us from bad decisions and mistakes and protected us and kept us and made a way for us? For me to quit on God now will be the highest form of ingratitude to God. How can I quit on a God like we have? He's the one that butters our bread. How many times have we failed, made a mistake, and cried out to Him for forgiveness and He forgave us? What a merciful, gracious, loving Savior He is. I think about these 24 years of evangelistic ministry. He's made people like me but didn't even like me. He's woke up people in the middle of the night to send us money to help our ministry. He's caused people to get behind our vision. He, he's, he's put all the pieces together. He has blessed us coming in and blessed us going out. How can I quit? Finally, number four, I can't quit. You can't quit because we haven't made it home yet. We haven't made it home yet. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. James 1.12 says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love Him. James 5.11 says, Behold, we count them happy which endure. Revelation 3.11, I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. You listen to me. Nothing, no body, no relationship, no sin, no addiction, nothing, nothing out there that would call its name to try to attach itself to us and cause us harm or to get our focus off of Jesus is worth losing our crown. We haven't made it home yet, so we can't quit, but the finish line is just ahead. Second Timothy chapter 4, again Paul speaks to young Timothy and says, As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I fought the good fight, I've finished the race, and I've remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of His return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to His appearing. He said, Timothy, please come as soon as you can. Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life. Demas worked right alongside the greatest Christian who ever lived next to Jesus Christ and falls by the way and gives up and quits because of the love of the things of this world. Tradition says that Demas became a priest in a satanic temple after having worked so closely to Paul and for the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you hear me when I say the finish line is just ahead? The trumpet is about to sound. 
I had a video to show tonight, but I had some technical difficulties. But let me exp- explain what's on the video. There's a young track, female track athlete from the University of Minnesota named Heather Dormadin. And she was running in the indoor track championship of the, of the mile run. And she was in the lead of that race. And going into the final lap, she tripped and fell. And everyone passed her by. But she got up. Not only did she catch everyone, but she won the race. After falling, after it looking as though she's out, it's over, she got up and began to sprint, caught everyone and won the gold medal. Proverbs 24 verse 16 says, The godly may trip seven times, but they will get back up again. I don't know what you're facing tonight. I don't know what battle's going on. I don't know what struggle or trial you're going through. I don't know what mistakes have been made, what failures are in your life, what difficulties, challenges you're facing. But tonight, no matter what they are, if you'll get back up again, you can get back in the race. The righteous, we may trip. The Bible says the godly may trip seven times, but they get back up and they keep on running. We might have a skint knee. We might have some mission. We might have some shin splints. We might have scraped up ourselves. We might have fallen. The enemy might try to push us in the ditch. The Apostle Paul in the book of Thessalonians describes his desire to come to the church at Thessalonica, but he uses a word there that describes a runner running a race and someone trying to push them over in the ditch. It feels like at times the enemy of our souls trying to push us in the ditch. It feels like every time we try to get up and make something of ourselves for God. The enemy's trying to push us out so we can't receive the blessings of God and complete the will of God and finish this race, but we're going to get back up. We're going to keep on running. We're going to run and we're going to run. We might have to limp. We might have to pull one leg behind us, but in the name of Jesus, we're going to finish this race. We haven't made it home yet. So we can't. we got too much to gain to lose. I just recorded that old song by Dottie Rambo on that newest CD. And the chorus says, Too many sunsets lie behind the mountain. Too many rivers my feet have walked through. Too many treasures are waiting over yonder. I've got too much to gain to lose. You went through a terrible divorce, you're going to get back up and keep running. Somebody failed you, you had confidence in, you're going to get back up and keep running. You had a misunderstanding with somebody and the devil says to quit, you're going to get up and keep running. You're going through a tough time financially right now. The Lord understands He's going to make a way. You're not going to go under. You're going to get up and you're going to keep on running. It's an issue in your marriage. going to get up and keep on running. You've been sick in your body. going to get up and keep on running. We're going to pray for you tonight, brother. Stand with me tonight. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get back.
My grandma Tomlin used to say, Creston, if you make a mistake, you repent, you make things right with God, but don't you stay there and waller in it. It's a good old Oklahoma word, waller. She said, you get up, you dust yourself off, and you keep running. The enemy wants us to spend all of our time watering in what was or a mistake that we made or a problem that we've had or a difficulty we've gone through. It's time to get up and in the name of Jesus catch our stride. Yeah, our knees may be skinned up, our shins may be hurting, our muscles may be aching from the race, but the finish line is ahead and we're going to run, run, and run until we make it. How many people tonight am I talking to say, man, this message was for me tonight. I want to see your hand. Several of us. Yeah. Hallelujah. I want you to step out of your seats and I want you to come up to this altar tonight. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray together. I believe somebody tonight, you're just tired. You're weary. You give out from the race. You're tired from the struggle. You're tired from the accusing voice of your enemy. But tonight the Lord's going to give you strength. The Lord's going to encourage us tonight. If you feel like you're down and out, you're going to get back up. The blood of Jesus is available tonight to cleanse and to wash, to heal, to deliver. But in a fresh infusion of strength to keep on going is ours tonight through the power and the work of the Holy Ghost. So, Lord, I thank you tonight. The enemy shouts into our ear that God is not a keeper of his word. He shouts into our ear that you're going through this because you don't deserve to be able to be victorious and the Lord's left you and the Lord's abandoned you and he, you, you, you failed Him so He doesn't love you anymore. But tonight I rebuke Him and I shut His mouth in the name of Jesus and believe that I want you, just want you to lift your hands tonight across this altar. And I want us to begin to receive right now. I'm going, to be, I'm, going to, I'm going to begin to walk through you. We're going to begin to lay hands on you and pray for you. Tired, weary bodies are going to be strengthened tonight. Tired, weary spirits are going to be strengthened tonight. Some of you are going to begin to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit begin to speak life. I speak life over you tonight. I speak healing over you tonight. I speak victory over you tonight. I speak rest to your troubled mind. I speak peace to your house. I speak peace to your spirit. We speak calm to the storm. We refuse to quit. We made a promise to God. God made a promise to us. We're not going to be ungrateful and quit on the God that's brought us through. We haven't made it home yet. We haven't crossed the finish line. We haven't heard the words, well done, my good and faithful servant, so we cannot quit. So, Lord, right now, just like a blanket, 
let your rest, your peace, and an infusion of supernatural strength just begin to fall in this house on all of your people tonight in this altar. The rat race of life. But we hit a wall and we can go no further. We feel our strength is gone. But you are the one who picks us up. You're the one who fills us again with the strength to go on. With the fresh hope that you will never leave us or forsake us as your word commands and tells us. So we receive, we receive now.